Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Harry Winks right to the last. Teddy Alley. Lamella. To Dombele. He's back in the game. Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. And the final round. Shishenko. So not a mission to go alone. Absolutely stunning. From the Asian footballer of the year. Stevie Wonder. Welcome to the last word on Spurs. Here's a first word for you. And it is Wembley. Yes, come on. Come on, you Spurs. The year ends in one. Oh, man. Trophies are coming. Trademark of one of our guests this evening. Uh, I'm sure he'll be telling us all about that. I'm Richard Cracknell, by the way. Hello to you all. Thank you for downloading and listening. We do love all your input that you give us and all the love you show us on social media. Super, super stuff. So I'm going to do no more than introduce our guest straight away. I'm not going to give you any preview or anything about this evening. We're going to go straight into it with the guest. First up, via the Daily Hotspur, the font of knowledge. It is the one, the only, Mr. Jamie B. Jamie, evening. Yes, good evening. Yeah, really, really happy with that win tonight. Um, Obviously, our first domestic cup final since 2015. So, you know, it is an occasion that we want to become more regular now. And you feel as though under Jose Mourinho, he was brought in to win trophies and he's kind of delivering at the moment. That's the first final we're in now, our first possible chance of doing so. So it's a really, really good start. And you really feel now with Jose Mourinho in charge and kind of Harry Kane and Hyungmin Son in such good form that we can go all the way. But yeah, really, really pleased with tonight that we got through um, and really, really looking forward to that final now. Excellent stuff. Now I'm going to go back to an old job that I had when I was living in the UK. I'm going to, I'm going to lift the ghost of what I used to do. Uh, the next stop for this train is Wembley, Wembley Park. Next stop for this train, Wembley Park. Mind the doors, please. Mind the closing doors, thank you. 
It is, of course, the man on the train to Wembley, the one, the only Mr. Lee McQueen. Well, it's absolutely fantastic to be back and uh, and, and back at Wembley as well, the, the place that was our temporary home, if you like, for so many games. And now we're going back there to, to contest uh, a final um, and uh, hopefully, for, hopefully to, 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 win, to win some silverware, which hopefully will be the first of not only many, but many this season. So uh, absolutely delighted uh, with getting through. And do you know what? I love the temperament of the way Jose handled the whole thing today as well. And I'm sure we'll get into that as well, but absolutely delighted. And as you say, choo-choo, next stop, Wembley Stadium, baby. Lovely stuff. Super, super. And finally, making up our guests for tonight. I had to introduce him last, make him top of the bill because he coined the catchphrase. So, of course, he gets top billing because he said it all the way along. Mr. Chris Carlin. Evening, Chris. Tell us all about him. Richard, all I can say is yes, yes and yes. I tell you, I'm absolutely delighted. Tottenham Hotspur are in the final of the Carabao Cup. Um, you know, Manchester United or Manchester City, I don't care who we get now. I've said all along this season that the trophies are coming. Absolutely delighted, as I say, getting into the final. It was a really, really good professional performance by Tottenham today. Jose Mourinho set us up to win the game. You know, we did exactly that. It was a really good performance by the club and, uh, you know, two good goals as well. Moussa Sissoko, who would have guessed Moussa Sissoko would have scored, you know, that first goal. You know, not, not scored for over a year. Sonny does what he does best. And uh, as I said all along, the trophies are coming. And I know Lee has always said about this uh, crazy train, but I think that once that train hits Wembley, we then go on the party bus and see that party bus go down Tottenham High Road. And that is the day I'm most looking forward to. Excellent. If that hasn't whetted the appetite for a trip to Wembley, I don't know what has. Oh, man. Buzzing, buzzing already. And it's, it's, it's a way off yet. It's a way, way off. Jamie, I'll start with you. We touched on this before. Do you think the rescheduling of this cup final could have any sort of effect on us? Because uh, I know what we said in the last show about getting it done early. and uh, But could this actually help us in some way to have it a little bit later in the season? Um, yeah, well, potentially, if you look at the likes of Man City and, and Manchester United, you look at the form they're in. I mean, you wouldn't want to play either of those two um, in, in, the form, in their current form. So maybe in a couple of months' time, um, they might not be quite the same team. You never know. But So maybe that might stand us in good stead. But um, look, I, honestly, I, I'm confident in terms of um, certainly Gareth Bale is someone that I'm looking at. Um, I, I still firmly believe that he's going to come good. I think it's no surprise that he's going to take a long time. So to kind of get back into rhythm, he's not played a lot of football and hopefully he'll be back fit by then. Um, so maybe that could definitely be a big factor. Um, you know, we know kind of what Gareth Bale's all about, the number of finals he's contested in. So having him back might be a big boost for Spurs. Um, so, yeah, might, he might be ready for then. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously it is a, it's a slight shame, obviously, the cup final being a, a really good opportunity to kind of uh, really kickstart your season by getting that first piece of silverware in the trophy cabinet. So it is disappointing in that respect. But, um, no, I think by the time that, that cup final's come around, Spurs should be in a really good place. Excellent. Good stuff. Lee, uh, coming to you, we started off with Loris, Aurier, Sanchez, Dyer, Reggie, Hoiberg, Sissoko, Undembele in the middle. What a midfield that is. Lucas, Son and Kane. So any surprises in there for you? Sanchez maybe and Toby or uh, 
Um, I don't know. Well, obviously got the job done. So um, just, just really that Sanchez change, wasn't it? I think there was times actually crackers that 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 I mean most Spurs fans would have had their kind of uh, heart in their mouth essentially with some of the Sanchez stuff or m- maybe some of the um you know the 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 dodgy defending. I'm not laying on Sanchez to to be fair. I think you know for the most part of the game he done well. So maybe that was a bit of a surprise. But you know all in all you got the two main men up top. Um, you've got your main man in midfield and you've got your goalkeeper, um, your World Cup winning captain um, in goal as well. So, you know, there was no doubt he was taking it seriously. It was interesting to see um, uh, Sergio Regulon play because of the the, um, the mistake and the, the, the issues that he's had uh, with breaking the COVID rules. Um, but uh, obviously, we will be delighted that he did play because what a cross that was, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But, you know, it was a fa- fantastic... Um, uh, f- fantastic effort from from the lads. Like Chris said, very very professional uh, performance to get the job done. We did get the job done, and um, I, I think the, the only the only thing that I would say that I was a little bit disappointed is a too strong a word. To be fair, the only thing that was li- left me a little bit like oh is there was times in that game where we were a little bit passive, and you know I heard the players uh, after the match kind of coming out and saying we didn't take our foot off the gas, we went for the second, and we wanted more goals. And I just felt that that was definitely the case against Leeds. I'm not quite sure it was the case against Brentford tonight. Um, you know, we had 12, 12 attempts rather than the 20. So that's, you know, that's fair. And five shots on target, 55% possession, which is, un, um, uh, is unusual for us, isn't it? To have more possession in the opposition. Mm. Uh, but we did tonight. But one thing that was very, very pleasing was the passing accuracy. And I know we've been bringing this out of the blue book uh, over the last kind of couple of pods and stuff. And 84% accuracy in our passing tonight, which I thought was 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 strong. Although, again, being ultra-critical, and this is just improvements, you know, to make. Some of our one-touch, two-touch football was, at times, very, very good. Certainly, for example, for the second goal. But there was other times where we're giving the ball to our centre-backs, you know, and, and Eric Dyer, I respect Eric Dyer. I think he's done wonderfully well this year. He hasn't got the right ping, as he yet, as what Toby Alderweireld has, um, and he mm. thinks he has. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and there was times where he was pinging the ball and it was just, it, there was no, it was just going nowhere. And you just think to yourself, Get on the get the players on the ball that are going to affect the game from a passing ability, and that has to be in the middle of that park. Has to be either Hoiberg, which again started off um, one of the moves, uh, one of the moves of the match tonight, and also Tungai and Dembele. And it just felt like sometimes that we were leaving the ball at the centre back. So uh, I don't want to. I, I, it's just been totally ultra critical for 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 improvements, but. I'm absolutely buzzing. I, it might, might not sound like I am because I'm being a bit critical, but that 500 passes, 84% pass accuracy, 12 attempts, five on target, two nil, job done. And we're in a cup final and it's uh, and it's fantastic. Absolutely loving it, mate. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yes, nice. No, I think it's right to be a little bit critical as well, or maybe look at just some of those issues that could come up when you are, well, listen, when we're in a final against Man City, Man United, who could well punish us more than Brentford would this this evening. You know, that's that's something you yeah, really and that's to really look at. Exactly, and I think that's where I'm coming from a little bit on that. You know, I don't want to, you know, wipe the glory off. You know, it, let's enjoy the moment. It's fantastic. But and the bit that I meant about Jose Mourinho as well, I love the way that he he reacted is because. In the past, and this is going to sound really horrible, and and I'm really sorry. And you can give me pelters. I don't. I don't mind because I, I say what I what I feel. You know, I think that we over celebrated the semi final um, as as a team in the Champions League. 
And and I think that our moment in the not as fans, not as fans, we're allowed to our time to celebrate and, and rightly so. But I think it was such a massive achievement for the football club that we almost over celebrated it to 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 a certain degree. And it was almost like the job was done. You know, there was no way that you could get yourself back out for you know. And look, this is just my opinion. Whereas Joe says won it so many times at so many different levels at so many different clubs, he won't get overexcited at this. He won't be. And even Musa Sissoko, when you hear him his his, his post match interview, he's talking about there's no point going into a final unless you're going to win it. So so you know is that that again that maybe it's that shift that that serial winner mentality that Jose's got that is 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 driving through the club now. Again, that can only be a positive. So I don't want to be critical on on our semi final because. Believe you me, everybody that, that that was with me and everybody that kind of knows me from the pod, I was in tears. I, absolutely, I was in Amsterdam. I was in tears. I couldn't. It was uncontrolled. It was amazing. But I just felt. I just felt like that. The players felt that, and the management staff felt that as well. And it was it was too much to to. That's maybe why one of the contributing factors to losing the final. And I think now we've got the opportunity or that that experience because we've been through that to actually now go on and win it. And I have to be honest with you, crackers and listeners. I'm totally confident. I'm like Chris. I'm completely confident I'm going to win this trophy. I, I actually think this trophy is in the cabinet. Talk to me. Uh, well, I'm going to throw straight to Chris Carlin for his thoughts on that point because he's a man who has said it all the way along, all the way along from the Orient game being called off uh, right the way through. He has called it all this season. So, Chris, uh, you, we have to go in. Not arrogant, but confident to this final, don't we? Absolutely. And we've fallen at this hurdle so many times. And this is why Jose Mourinho has been brought in to get us over that line. You know, it was a very, very professional performance today. You know, I thought that Brentford, um, you know, are a very, very good team. Up to this point, they've knocked out four Premier League clubs. Southampton, West Brom, Fulham and Newcastle. Jose Mourinho said that he prepared this game like he's playing against the Premier League team. You know, Brentford are a very, very good team. You'd have to go back to the 24th of October. That was the last time that Brentford lost a competitive game. And that, wow. is, in, that is including, you know, beating the likes of Newcastle um, in the Carabao Cup in the last round. You know, 16 games unbeaten, nine wins, seven draws. You know, they're a very well-organised side. They, they score goals on the break. We kept them very, very quiet. You know, a lot of opposition fans and even some Spurs fans might say, yeah, but it's only Brentford. They're in the championship. Well, they've only lost a few games in the championship. They're sitting fourth, you know, only six points behind league leaders Norwich. You know, very, very good side. Um, you know, Tottenham took it very seriously. And when I saw that team lineup come out from Jose Mourinho, it showed real intent, like he normally does in these competitions. And that's why he's so successful and wins the trophies that he wins, because he puts out the strongest possible 11. Uh I must say, when the starting eleven come out, the only change that I would have made, I wouldn't have put Sanchez in. I would have put Toby Alderweireld in. But other than that, a very, very good lineup. You know, a, a lineup to win the game, and it was a very, very professional performance. I never, ever um, had doubt that we would, you know, not win this game. Um, you know, I've got full confidence. As you say, I've, I've had full confidence all season that the trophies are coming. You know, Jose Mourinho is the sort of manager, um, you know, to get us over that line. And that's why Daniel Levy made that very difficult decision of sacking Pochettino, who was a huge fans favourite, still is. Because if you see how many Spurs fans are still tweeting about Pochettino taking over at PSG, yeah. it's like yeah. Pochettino's still part of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, yeah. you know, but Jose Mourinho's got us over that line tonight. And let's hope that, you know, we are now only 90 minutes away from lifting our first trophy in 13 years. I've said it on this show many times. I've said it on my own uh, YouTube channel as well. 
um, the amount of years that have gone by without Tottenham winning trophies. You know, we are way, way overdue. And that is why Jose's here. You know, the likes of Sonny, who's now 28, Harry Kane's 27. You know, these players are getting on in their careers. They want to win trophies. Some people might say, oh, it's only a League Cup you're going to be winning. This is a start. This is the start. And this is how we mean to go on. And, you know, I'm sure that Jose Mourinho will put a good few trophies in the bank. Excellent stuff. I just want to uh, prod and poke and put a little bit more torchlight on this. Uh, Lee picked up on with the emotions uh, issue. And um, I, th- I think it is really, really interesting. We saw the Southampton manager last night in tears, in t- proper, proper broke down in tears for winning three points in a league game. And I mean, even... Uh, Pochettino, as much as I loved him crying in the semi-final after, you know, getting through, I think it's okay for us fans to do that. That's what we do. But it didn't quite sit right with me. Even at the time, I thought, oh, yeah, but this is just the semi-final. Jamie, your thoughts on that? We should be a little bit cold and calculating, shouldn't we, until such time as we've got it done? Yeah, look, I, I think certainly under Jose Mourinho, we won't see any of that. Um, now, I remember in the Champions League final last year between Bayern Munich and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, two very different reactions between the two sides to reaching the final. I think Bayern Munich, they were absolutely just completely focused on the final. They all just went and sat on the bench and were just kind of, there was no really much emotion. PSG all in the dressing room, getting very, very excited, even with experienced players. Um, so maybe there there is a bit of that. Um I think the I think our game you maybe do have to put a bit of context on it in terms of you know to score in the last minute like that to reach your first ever Champions League final. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know you, you've got to be absolutely stone cold to be. Able- yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, we were we were in bits as fans. That yeah. is a fair point. But I also think that you know it was it. Yeah, no, I I do agree. I, it, it's, it, it, like I say, it is a, it's not it's not meant to be controversial, but it's yeah. just the way I feel sometimes it subconsciously no one meant it but subconsciously we were done that's the point i'm making subconsciously in our back of our mind not as fans it's not about fans i agree with crackers this was about the management team and the staff and the players in the back of our minds we had done the impossible and but our journey finished then at that at that semi do you know what i mean that was the biggest that was our moment whereas whereas actually Liverpool, having had the experience, and this is what I'm saying, it's about experience, having had the experience the previous year of losing the Champions League final to an unbelievable overhead kick, by the way, by Gareth Bale, who plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, no, uh, having, having had that experience of losing that, that, that Champions League final the year before, that gave him that focus to yeah. know how to go and do it again. And I think the Champions League final loss to, to, to us, although it's so painful for us, uh, year before last, that now is is giving us that that experience, or a lot of these players that experience to be able to go and pick up these trophies, which is why Chris keeps saying the trophies are coming, and I agree. Um, so I do agree with you, Jamie, about you know you can't. I, I wasn't saying walk off the pitch and, and be stone cold and just go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was done because I loved seeing Pochettino um, celebrating with the fans, the away fans that were there in the ground, and it, it was it was incredible moments, uh, absolutely incredible moments, but. I do think that, that that's what that, that that's contributed in us not going on to win the final. 
I also think that experience is a massive thing as well. And it was always like we kind of skipped that under Richard Pochettino a lot. I think he did set the bar very high and we always tried to win the Premier League or the Champions League. And that was the aim. It was never really to go and do well in the, the other smaller domestic cups. Now, I think that would have uh, stood us in much better stead if we'd have had that experience of getting to finals, of uh, winning a trophy. I think that that's why it's really key under Jose Mourinho to win that, just get any trophy in the cabinet. Obviously, maybe not the AI Cup, but something a bit bigger, like the Carabao Cup. I think that just having that experience of winning a trophy, of playing in a final and, and then doing it consistently, I think that that will certainly change the mentality at Spurs. I think that will be the biggest thing uh, towards ch- shifting that mentality at Spurs of starting to win things now. Leaning on an open door there, Jamie, very, very much so. It's uh, it's uh, it, Just to, to close that off, it is, it's like a real learning curve, even for Spurs fans, to be a little less unemotional and a little more, you know, keep a lid on it until we get stuff done, really. So, uh, yeah, it's, every day's a school day. But I'm going to come to you, Chris. I'm going to spoil you because you're the man for, for the cups and, and been speaking about. So I'm going to let you talk us through that first goal on 12 minutes. Musa Sissoko, first goal since December 2019 and the cross and header. Oh, 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 that's what you want, isn't it? Unbelievable. And you know what? Musa Sissoko is quite often criticised and has been on this show by a lot of us as well uh, for his lack of goals, for his lack of creativity. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a defensive type of midfielder, you know, doesn't get involved in enough uh, goals. He started to move off, gave it to Pierre-Emil Hoybier, gave it then to Eric Dyer, then put it out to Sergio Reglon. What an exceptional cross by uh, the Spanish left back. And then Musa Sissoko in, you know, lots of space, heads it in. Unbelievable. I'll tell you what, if you'd have had a bet on Musa Sissoko scoring the first goal, you'd have won a lot of money tonight. But um, going back to your point, if I may, um, about emotion, I tell you what, talking about people, um, you know, crying when we've gone through to, to finals or, or winning finals, I will certainly be crying a lot if we don't win a trophy this season. And I'm sure we all will because we're all expecting it. You know, Jose Mourinho has been brought in, as I say, to, to win trophies. But, um, you know, to see to see Moussa Soko and see Hunmin Son finish, uh, finish the game off today, you know, it's absolutely delightful. Excellent stuff. Uh... First half, Jamie, was uh, we controlled it really, really well, I thought. We just we got the balance of everything right. And probably the only time we did get troubled on about 36 minutes, fantastic block from Sonny for that shot. It was yeah. just, uh, I mean, it was straight out of Toby Alderweireld's book, wasn't it? It was just, but it shows you how good the, the all-round game is yeah. even from the yeah. chaps up top doesn't it but it yeah. was it was fantastic yeah I thought collectively we were very very defensively solid today we kind of were able to control the game I think we played a much we played a higher line as well and 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 that just goes to show you you know we need to start trying to do that more we're obviously a side now that has come a long way defensively I think last season we were so poor but it looks as though you can start to trust this defense now and that we can start to play higher you know we've got such great attacking talent we need to help them by being further up the pitch. Um, I think one, I think actually one big thing, and I just want to bring it back to the goal as well. I think one big factor in that move was, you know, the Brentford defenders were so kind of focused on keeping Harry Kane and Shungmin Song quiet that obviously they completely left Musa Soko uh, free to, to score. And um, 
you know, that's something that Spurs need to work on a lot more now in terms of when Sonny and uh, Kane are being kind of marked out the game or they're really being, yeah, marked, marked by the opposition. That's where we've got to try and exploit those opportunities. And um, it was really good to see us do it tonight. You know, we talk about um, Son and Kane obviously getting 76% of our goals this season. So, you know, that's where that's an area where other people still start to contribute now. And um, yeah, when those two, two players are, are really kind of under pressure from the opposition, um, other players have got to step up. So hopefully that's something we can see a lot more this year. Jamie, I'll stay with you and with the January transfer window open. Um, players that could come in and could feature in the, in the final. So is there anything you have to have played to have played in previous rounds of this or uh, cup time if we bring somebody in from overseas? Or are they free to come straight in and drop straight into that team? Well, uh, yeah, so I mean, Joe Roden, obviously, we signed, I think we signed later on in the window and he'd already played for Swansea. So that's why he's been unavailable. So I guess if they have played in the competition already, they wouldn't be available to. I'm sure if they'd come from abroad, then there'll be no issues. So uh, I don't think, you know, if we signed someone from abroad, it would be no issue in terms of them being eligible for the final. Sergio Ramos alongside Eric Dyer. <laughs> What we what we saying? It'll be very nice. Let's That'll see. be very nice indeed. Let's see. Let's see. Um, so second half, Lee and Brentford came out with a little bit more intent. Um, I thought Canos should have gone uh, just a couple of minutes in, to be honest, for a second yellow. And I think uh, Mike Dean gave him a real let off there, to be honest. I think if he hadn't have been booked, he was, certainly would have been. For that challenge, so um, that was that that was that was the first one, and then on 48 minutes, Sanchez, very very lucky, an honest forward um, meant that we didn't didn't concede a penalty, did wasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Can I totally agree with on Canos. So he definitely should have gone. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. I think Mike Dean was maybe his experience in being a a referee at the top of uh, at the top of the game. I'm not saying he's a top class referee. I did choose my words wisely there. Um, but I think maybe his experience of uh, of being a a referee at the um, at the at the uh, at the highest class, I suppose, is is uh, his experience allowed him to kind of have that chat. If I was refereeing, he would have definitely have gone for, for me. I think that was definitely a second yellow card. I think with a Sanchez one, it would have been interesting to see if it uh, what would have happened if it if it had gone down and it went to VAR because I don't think that was a stonewall penalty. Um, having having looked at it back, I think that he just done enough to to pull himself away, you know, um, before before or given um, uh, the attack the opportunity to go down. So um, I think he defended okay there. Um, but look, it would have been in the hands of VAR and somebody else's decision because, again, it's a subjective matter uh, rather than, you know, the, the offside, uh, for, for example. But yeah, they did they did have a bit more spring in their step. And I, and I remember tweeting on the WhatsApp group, didn't I, about, about kind of walking pace and a bit passive. Um, and that's where I just wanted to say that at the beginning of the show that um, just to recap on that, where, where I just felt that our passing... Could have been a little bit more crisper, a little bit more kind of... Um, look, Jose will come out and say that we controlled the game completely and we was never under threat. And you could probably you could probably agree with that, to be fair. Um, 
but other, you know, for, for us Spurs fans, you, you mentioned earlier, crackers of us getting used to a different mentality. And we've said it before on the pod about getting used to kind of not having the ball sometimes and, and still feeling in control of the game. And I just felt a little bit nervous when we just dropped off kind of five, six yards and the pace just went a little bit. And I just felt that they were there for the taking. I think that we, if we were a bit more ruthless, um, we, we could have had a couple more tonight for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you said, we was talking about that drop-off and a little lack of intensity. And Chris, coming to you, 62 minutes in, you just felt it coming, felt it coming, felt it coming. And then, oh, man, in the ball, go it ball into the back of the net. And you think, oh, that be, it, looked, it looked tight. Um, I don't know. Are you really offside for like the uh, for for a kneecap? I, I know, I know it is offside. It's it's a little bit, you know, can't be a little bit pregnant, but it just doesn't seem to be in the spirit of the game. Don't get me wrong. What a favourite done us, but really, just that that tiny, tiny part of a kneecap offside. Real let off for Spurs. Real it off for Spurs, yeah. But as soon as uh, as soon as I saw the the VAR, you know, screens go up, I knew that that was going to be uh, disallowed because that's just the game now, you know. Just uh, what is it, a centimeter, two centimeters? You know, it, VAR was brought in to to favour the attacker, and it just doesn't do that anymore. And the, the amount of goals that they rule off for offside is just incredible. Uh, but if I could just bring you back a couple of minutes. Um, you know, Tottenham should have gone 2-0 up at that point. Moussa Zoko on the right-hand side floated a wonderful ball into Hunmin Son and then just a whisker past the post. And, uh, you know, Tottenham should have done, you know, should have done well there and we should have we should have gone, uh, you know, 2-0 up. But as you say, um, Tony, um, you know, the disallowed goal, I thought that we kept Brentford very, very quiet. If you, if you have a look of how many goals that their attacking players have scored so far this season, I think defensively, Tottenham were on it tonight and as I say it was a really really good team performance you know every single player wanted to get into that final tonight and it really really showed and uh, you know that was their only real chance you know Hugo Lloris wasn't tested you know no uh, no real great saves from Hugo Lloris didn't have a lot to do at all and uh, you know when that goal was disallowed you just felt confident as a Tottenham fan that we were going to go on and go into that final. It almost feels like one of those is your name on the cup moments, doesn't it, Chris? You when things one. like that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just puts you, you know, full confidence. And then, of course, seven minutes later, Tongi and Dombele puts a wonderful boo through to Son. Son finishes it off and you just think, yep, job done. We're in the final. And now let's get the job done. Let's get the proper job done. And, you know, I want to be down um, at Wembley Stadium in April. You know, fingers crossed that the fans are allowed to be in. And uh, most importantly, I want to be standing along that high road when the bus comes down, that party bus comes down with Hugo Lloris, Sonny, Kane, Jose Mourinho lifting up that trophy and all of us are there smiling and cheering uh, the team. And then, of course, looking forward to the Europa League final as well. Nice. Love it. Love it. Can I just, I just want to add on the VAR thing. I, I mean, I disagree with both of you actually on that. So forgive me guys for stirring up a little bit tonight. But VAR absolutely done its job correctly and you and you're right you can't be a bit pregnant you're either pregnant or you're not you know for the offside decisions i actually love var because it doesn't get it wrong you know forget the spirit of the game stuff you know the fact of the matter is you're either onside or you're offside and if you're in front of the uh, if the attacker is in front of the defender when the ball is played you are offside 
you could that is a yes no answer that that for me is exactly the same as the goal line decision technology that that's just my belief the bit I, that far frustrates me with is is it handball isn't it handball did he foul and didn't he foul and that is subjective and that is somebody making a decision but the var lines if he's if he's a toenail offside He's a toenail offside. Like that, that is the reality. Like he's offside. So, you know, for me, I have to be honest with you, I'd actually put this on the WhatsApp group and I tried to look at it back, pause it and take it back, but I didn't see the the, the lino. I thought the lino flagged for offside. I actually thought he flagged for offside. So if he didn't, fair enough. But I thought the lino flagged for offside. And as soon as that goal went in, I said to myself, he's offside. So and then and I weren't I weren't that worried about it. I thought he was offside, to be honest. So did I, Lee. But when, when you're talking about such such a margin, like a centimetre or two, or as Crackers said, like a kneecap offside, you know, VAR was brought in for clear, obvious yeah, but decisions. I thought was fine. Now, but when in, they need in, to yeah, exactly. so it, us so did, did what did you think, Jamie? But the, yeah, but, but, the no, but, no, but the point being is that if, it, if it's clear and obvious, right, if it was clear and obvious, we'd all be agreeing it was onside but, or offside, but, 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 but we're, we're not. Spurt, so it wasn't clear and obvious, was it? Yeah, so that's why VAR came in and cleared it up. Yeah, but we're Spurs that... fans, Lee. We're Spurs fans. We're going to be biased. Of course, we're going to sit there and go, that's offside. Of course, we're going well, to no, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that because it's Tottenham. I'm saying it because I thought it was offside. So did yeah, you? But was, yeah, but the linesman didn't see it. And when you paused it, that, that's, that's my point of when they have to pause it and zoom in so many times and think, Oh, is that offside? Because they're thinking was because we couldn't see where Musa Sissoko's foot was, and when you can't see where his foot was, and then you're thinking, oh, is the kneecap really close to the to the foot? Oh, is it you know centimeters? You know, it, it was so but, but close. Was he offside? What was he offside? You, yeah, but me and you both thought initially it was offside, but you're yeah, talking. Exactly. But I, I I thought initially that it was offside. And there's some people that didn't. So therefore, it's not clear and obvious, is it? It's not as if all four... Well, let's start crackers. Do you think it was offside, yes or no? Like, in real time? That's And that is the million-dollar question. Because for me, wh at what point do you stop the picture? Is it when the ball leaves the foot? Uh, have, have you got that down to the millionth of a second? And can you measure Brilliant. with this far equipment to the millionth of a centimetre where, where it is. So it's that moment of stopping it because every time they stop and draw these lines in, it looks like an old Atari computer yep. game to me. It's all <laughs> pixelated. It's all... That's because it's zoomed in so much. not pinpoint enough. The question was, the question was, did you think it was offside in real time? Yes or no, Crackers? Yes or no? When in real no, time, did you I think no? Jamie, did you think it was offside? Yes or no? Yeah. In real time, yes or no? I did think it was offside. I was, I did think it was offside. But then, right. So three of us, three of us on the on the pod tonight think it was offside, and one of us don't. Is that now clear and obvious? No. Hence why VAR comes in and clears it up. Done its I job. Think, I don't think. Move it, on. I, I but in fairness, Lee, in fairness, they still couldn't see Musa Sissoko's foot, so it's not clear and obvious. So, um, you know, I thought that well, we it was were a clear very and obvious mistake, wasn't it? If the Lino didn't give it, it was clear and obvious because he was offside. It then it it's also it's also become subjective. <laughs> this is what it, VAR does, Joe. It also becomes subjective when the VAR official, as Richard says, is kind of judging when the ball has been played. So they're kind of pinpointing the exact moment, and you've got to have the exact frame rate if you're going to be drawing those lines and you're off by uh, you know a fingernail. You've got to have the perfect frame rate if you're going to have that sort of detail of measuring if it's offside or not. You have the perfect detail of frame rate. So. But you thought it was offside, though, in real time. And so did Chris, and so did I. 
So, so therefore, you know, and because crackers didn't, but by, by that majority, we have to go to VAR to clear it up. And VAR zooming in thousand million pixels, but they cleared it up, and he was offside, and and it was the right decision. No one's complaining about it because it was the right decision. You, you, I don't we're, think I don't think you can argue with anyone. Fancy a pint? We're definitely not <laughs> complaining about it, Lee. No, and and I tell you what, Jose Mourinho's no, sides when all. when you get to finals, you know these sorts of decisions go for him. And I'm, I'm glad to be a Spurs fan right now with the manager that we've got. And one thing that I would like to also add is that every single time we commit a foul, have you noticed how the players will never, ever allow the opposition to play a quick free kick? Oh, one my of the goodness. It's always tonight, there. It's did, did you see the Sanchez thing? Is that what sparked it? The Sanchez? Because he got up to run away, didn't he? And then he realised and went yep. straight back at him. He, he, he? realised, oh, we've been told to do that. And every single <laughs> yeah. player, even like Hoodman totally Son, who's, who's a nice guy, he's standing there making sure that the opposition is not taking that quick free kick. And Jose Mourinho is really instilling this mentality, um, you know, to, to be nasty on the pitch. And I think that's great. I must say, though, at 69 minutes, though, with Undembele playing that ball through... That, that went to VAR and, uh, and Undembele was six minutes offside to the normal 63 <laughs> minutes that he actually plays. And uh, listen, just, it was still just on to the wrap pitch. things up for the, for the game, <laughs> Undembele, 90 minutes. 90, oh, come on. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. I'm going to put a hat on to take it off. So, That's Jamie, it. Undembele, 90 yeah. minutes. Incredible. Yeah, look, if, if we're not allowed to celebrate getting to the final, we've got to keep ourselves calm. I think we're allowed to, we'll allow ourselves to celebrate Ndombele completing 90 minutes because, um, yeah, look, I thought it wasn't Ndombele's best performance tonight, but it, it, that assist is exactly what he brings to the team. The way he can kind of really pick a ball through the lines, um, just such a talented, uh, such, such a talented player. And yeah, again, it was, you know, really nice to see him play a lot of minutes tonight and complete the whole game. I think that's only the third time he's done so for Spurs since joining the club. So that's, you know, it is a big thing. And obviously he's, you know, he's fully trusted by the manager now. He's obviously starting in our, our strongest lineups and it's really, really pleasing. And as I said, I really think that this year is the year that he's really going to explode at Spurs. And I think he's going to be a really influential figure for the team this season. Uh, just a couple of substitutions at 70 minutes. Uh, Reggie and uh, Mora off. Davies and uh, Ant Costa's favourite, Harry Winks, came on and... Uh, they they done okay when they, they come on leading now. I thought Winks just sort of slotted straight in and uh, and and done really well for that last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, I think he did. I, I, again, I think I, we, we talked about it on the WhatsApp group, didn't we? I, I still think Jose Mourinho is putting out a message out there. The message is still to the rest of the squad and the rest of the team. If you do well, you get another opportunity. And if you do okay, you get a substitute's appearance. Now, Winks now is, is after going through a barren run and people talking about him maybe moving on in the, in the transfer window because of England and this, that and the other. I think he's now featured in the last four games on the trot. I think he played really, really well against Leeds. And and again, like you said, he's come on, he's done well. I know, I know um, Mr. Mr. Costa won't, won't be too happy with me saying it, but, you know, he did do well, to, to be fair to him. I mean, uh, th there was times when I, I think there was a bit more question about him tonight um, on, on the pitch. Maybe he's getting that little bit of that, that like like the lads just said, like like Chris just said about that nice being Mister Nice. Maybe Winksy's getting a bit of aggression about him now as well. You know, he made that that challenge and he really went in the referee's face, didn't he? At that at that point and kind of argued with Mike Dean. So no, I, I think he done. I think he done pretty well. And again, like like I say, on you know just on Tungam and, and Dembele, like 
I wear my heart on my sleeves. I'll tell her how I see it and I'll tell her how it is. I thought he was disappointing tonight, as Jamie said. But then I would have taken him off. Ironically, he played 90 minutes. I, I was moaning about him when I in the WhatsApp group and I would have taken him off. I thought he was disappointing. But Joseph kept him on and, and you know, and, and rightly so because that, that through ball was, again, it was classic triangle, wasn't it, on FIFA? I don't play it. Is it triangle you'd press? Triangle on FIFA? Bang, straight through ball. Absolutely fantastic. Sonny to, to run onto it um, and just, uh, put it in the back of the net. And, I was very, very pleased. Again, I highlighted Hoiberg last uh, last pod. It was only a couple of days ago, wasn't it? And again, I'm going to highlight him again for winning that ball and pushing that ball back out again to Kane to, to start that move off uh, that, uh, uh, that, that goes inside to Ndombele to put the triangle through ball through to Sonny to score. And when you look at that, that is... That is pure quality again from from for incisiveness. I know I know it's Brentford, but like like we've all said, it was it was a tough game and they're very very good. But that was a very very good bit of play from Tottenham, and that's the bit that makes you stand up and get off your seat a bit. Go on, go on, have a go. And it was the pace. I mean, I wrote it down on my on my on my pad. The pace of Son is ridiculous. It was like I mean, it was said on commentary, but so I want to nick their commentary. But it was like he was sprinting a hundred meter sprint. Then he just he just knew he just held, held, bang, and then he went explosive. And he just and there was no way that they were going to catch him. He, he had him on the hook, and his finishing is just it's just ridiculous. Again, you cannot keep him off the score sheet. That's another goal in, in his bag, and he is just. I mean, we, we we say there's not a lot else you can say about Harry Kane because of the stuff that he's done for the foot. You know, he's 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 God, but but Son's not far behind him, is he? This season, crackers and and uh, and the boys and the listeners, he he has been sumptuous, and he? he's just been absolutely amazing. Hey, can Go I ahead. just say that the whole spine of the team so far this season has been exceptional. You know, Hugo Lloris, I know he didn't have a lot to do tonight, but he's been in exceptional form. You know, the centre back pairing, which a lot of us thought. Um, you know, it was a bit dodgy and we're going to concede goals. But the centre-back pairing, as much as, you know, people want to criticise them, they've done well. Um, Moussa Zoko has done well this season. Pierre-Emile Hoybier has been an absolute leader, um, absolutely brilliant and a future captain at the club without any doubt. And then, of course, you've got Hunmin Son and Harry Kane firing in um, goal after goal, assist after assist. And when you've got the spine of the team so strong like that, you have a real chance of, uh, you know, opportunities to win trophies. Excellent stuff. Listen, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back in the second half. We'll have a little bit of discussion around that horror Hoiberg tackle that he received and uh, maybe take a little look as well uh, who we'd like to actually face in the final out of the two Manchester teams, of course, at the time of recording. We don't know who we're facing yet. So don't go anywhere and we'll be back in the second half. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. And welcome back to the last word on Spurs, where we're discussing our beloved Tottenham Hotspur on their way to Wembley once again. Trophies are coming. Copyright Chris Cowling. Our lawyers are watching. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, just to mop up a little bit uh, on the actual game this evening and uh, Jamie, I'll come to you. 
82 minutes in and uh, tackle on Hoiberg, which, uh, well, luckily it was after the watershed and uh, we all saw his leg after as well. And uh, I mean, that man's absolute nails. He wanted to play on, didn't he? It was, but the tackle and then Hoiberg's reaction was just yeah. like, wow. Yeah, look, I, I absolutely love Hoiby, and that, that's exactly what, to see, what you want to see from your players, guys that are willing to kind of give everything for the badge. And, you know, we've seen before, he's obviously in the Europa League matches, he's had big bandages strapped on his head, he's got blood pouring out his, his face, and he, he just wants to continue, and he wants to give everything for Spurs. Um, I mean, you could say it's kind of rare to see that these days, but, you know, Hoiby, he he's a fantastic player, he's a real warrior on the pitch. I said he's kind of like having Jose Mourinho on the pitch himself, and that, that's why Jose Mourinho... Will absolutely love him. Um, I think another point to make in terms of what we might have to do in the transfer window, you see how much football he is playing at the moment. So maybe there is need for another holding midfielder to be brought in. I think that's maybe an area that we need to go and address. I'm sure as we'll touch on in a minute, there's so many fixtures coming up and uh, Hoybier has been having to rely upon him a lot this season. So maybe that's an area to address. But look, whilst he's playing at the moment, he's been absolutely fantastic. And again, you know, another real warrior moment from him today. Um, and I saw highlighted on Sergio Reguilon's performance, all the players saw it and loved it, that he was wanting to try and carry on, even though he picked up that injury. But yeah, absolutely love Hoybier. Yeah, I too, I know one thing, I don't really want to bump into Hoybier and accidentally call him Hoiberg like I keep doing so, because uh, I, think, I think I'll be banging trouble. But uh, yeah, he, he really is a, a real throwback Warrior, you could see him Lee playing in the seventies, couldn't you? On mud baths and like really getting and stuck loving in. it. He'd have loved I'm, it, wouldn't I'm he? Properly loving it as well, just getting stuck in. You know, <laughs> we've already had the image this year, um, haven't we? With him uh, bandaged up like Mister Bump, uh, with the bandage on his head, with the blood blood dripping down his face. Now we've got drug, uh, blood dripping down his leg. Um, yeah, again, he's taking the word. Jamie's taking the words out of my mouth. You know, he's an absolute warrior, and he's a winner. Like he's a leader, and he's just brilliant. And the guy, the guy's twenty five. Like he's twenty five years old. He's not like an old head. We haven't, we haven't gone and signed somebody that's you know kind of got one year left in their legs. He, this guy is going to be with our football club for you know potentially another ten years. Do you know what I mean? At least another six or seven. So it's a fantastic signing. Um, I'm glad I recommended him to the club uh, for for uh, last January. And then they signed him in the summer, um, well tongue in cheek, of course. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think again he played. I'm mean, I I, I, I'm running out of um, uh, things to say about Kane and now Son. I'm running out of things to say about Hoiber. I've got to be honest with you. I, he's an eight out of ten every 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 game. He's he just. Do you know what crackers and and, and the boys and the listeners? He's exactly like literally exactly what we needed. It's exactly what we were missing since uh, Musa Dembele went. Uh, since Wanyama's form dropped off, he's exactly the player that we needed in that position. And and I said to uh, my father-in-law, is a Chelsea season ticket holder for his sins. Um, and uh, and um, we were chatting the other day about you know Kante and this that, and the other. And I said, well, I'll be honest with you, and this is big big praise that I can give Hoy Burr. He's like our Kante, isn't he? He's, he's been absolutely outstanding. And when you see him like the warrior he was tonight and you see him and you think, oh, is he going to be injured? That's going to hurt us if he does get injured in, in that way. And um, so I'm glad he was fine. And uh, he, he was he lost it. The red mist hit him, though, didn't it? He, he knew that his leg could have been taken out. It could have been broken, it couldn't he? 
Yeah. Can, I, can I just say that these players like Hoybier are just so rare. They do not come across, you know, along very often. And he's like the Graham Roberts of old. You know, he will he will walk through brick walls. You know, we've seen him uh, blood pouring from his head. We've seen him tonight blood pouring from his leg. And, uh, you know, he's like the dustman, like you said, Crackers, a couple of months ago. And now he's like the warrior. Uh, but truly, Pierre-Emile Hoybier has set the standard of the Tottenham midfield. So... You will want him to play in every single game. We talk about Harry Kane, you know, being tired playing every match because we expect him to score the goals. Well, all of us Tottenham fans now will miss Pierre-Emil Hoybier if he doesn't play. And, he, and we want him to play in every single game. Well, of course, these players can't play in every single game. It's just absolutely impossible, you know, if we're going to carry on playing in every cup competition um, and every match. But Pierre-Emil Hoybier, for me, has been the, the real standout player for Spurs. And, and, and this is why we are progressing in these competitions and that's why we're doing so well and you can just imagine the compilation of clips of uh, you know pouring uh, blood pouring from his head blood pouring from his leg um you know in in the, in the final and uh, let's just hope that these sorts of players lift the trophies at the end of the season because let's face it so far this season you know we've had a very busy season and, and we deserve something and, and i'm sure that we uh, we will get the trophies delivered Excellent stuff. Uh, uh, Lee, I'll come back to you, Chris, was saying you want to see Hoiberg playing in every game, but I'm sure in the blue book somewhere, there may be a trowel of, uh, of what's, what's upcoming and how many games there could well be now. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, to be fair, I've just, I've just done some working out in the, in the blue book and, uh, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, we want to, to go for every, uh, um, every trophy uh, on, uh, on my other WhatsApp group, my season ticket holders, my, my boys that I go to the football with um, every week. Um, uh, one of my man, Chris Coles, he said, the quad is still on. Um, so I repeat that the quad is on and, and it, it is, you know, we're in the final one. We put that to bed now for three months and we can concentrate um, on the, on the league and the FA cup, which is obviously the, 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 the next cup competition. But we, we've played 28 games already this season. Now I don't, I don't know um, how many uh, games anyone else has played at the moment, but we Tottenham, because our season started so early, we played 28 games. So um, we've got another guaranteed 25 games that is factual so we're going to play at least 53 games this year um that that's the minimum um then we've also got uh uh six more in the fa cup if of course we go all the way um, and get to the final which obviously we're all hoping that we will plus another seven in the europa league if we go um, all the way in the europa league as well so you know potentially we could have another 13 14 games on top of 53 that we've already played which is which is insane. It's absolutely insane amount of games. I, so I wanted to just kind of point out the real business end of the season. I have to credit one of our own, Jason McGovern, as well um, for 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 this because he's always said this. He's actually ingrained this into me, um, which is about you know think about who we've got at what at what point. Um, and he always talk about next game, next game. But he also does think ahead as well. And if you look at this run of fixtures in the business end of the season massively exciting and very optimistic and look we might get knocked out the first uh the, the first round of the fa cup at this rate and this might not be the case but say we go all the way this is the reality right so on um uh, in the april run so in the april one that we've got in terms of our fixtures we've got uh we played the first leg of the quarter final of the europa league on the 8th of april Followed by two days later, as it's scheduled, but it'll probably be rearranged for the Sunday, Manchester United at home. So say that's on the 11th. 
Three days later, we play the second leg of the quarterfinal of the Europa League, followed by three days later, because it has to be rescheduled, we've got Everton away in the Premier League. But if we get to the FA Cup semi-final, that game will be rearranged and we're playing FA Cup semi-final during that period of time. And then six days later, we'll play the Carabao Cup final. And then four days later, we'll play the second leg of the Europa League semi-final. Right, so the, f- uh, the first leg of the Europa League semi-final, and then two days later, as scheduled at the moment, we play Sheffield United at home in the Premier League. Now, I'm sure most of you cannot wow. keep up with what I've just said because I even can't keep up with it. But that is absolutely crazy, isn't it, Crackers? I mean, we talk about the crazy train. That is mental. So we're going to end up having to utilise and use the squad. So talking about players going out and not replacing them or getting rid of this person, getting rid of that person... Actually, we're going to be able to really utilise a squad. And I just wanted to throw that out there, really, at this point to see whether or not we've got enough in in our squad to to go and do all of that things. Because that's a tough task, isn't it, Crackers? Oh, absolutely. And I think that brings us right back to uh, Jamie's point he made at the top of the show about Gareth Bell coming back in and could be a huge, huge influence on this because, you know, he's not really played... A, a lot of intensity. He's played a bit here and there, but not intensive. So he could, as Jamie says, really, really feature towards that back end of the season. And with other players coming in, it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly a lot to look at. You know, if 66 games, if you play every minute, it's 1,080 minutes plus extra, I mean, extra time. And We're just talking about Hoiberg, right? Playing, we want him to start and play every match. He can't play 66 games, can he? Can he? And maybe you can, I don't know. But, I mean, that is, that's crazy stuff. We're going to have to rest some players at some point. Yeah. Just another point as well is, this is where alienating players, I just don't think is the right move this season. I think, you know, you look at the situation with that. I agree, mate. I agree. I that, but, you know, we tonight we did mention Harry Winks and, Ho- and Ndombele, two players that have come back. And they really are back in the fold now, of course. But Deli Ali isn't back in. So maybe there is maybe there is something behind why Jose Mourinho is doing it. But as we said, there is just so many games and I'm not sure you, you can afford to pass on an option like Deli Ali. So um, I, I really, really hope that uh, Jose Mourinho kind of rethinks that situation. I really don't think he'll leave in January. I think that Deli Ali will remain at Spurs uh, this month. So, you know, he's going to be an option in the squad. And I really think Jose Mourinho is going to need to use him uh, this season. The great thing is, though, that he, Jose Mourinho has been in this situation many, many times. You know, he's won many trophies. You know, take, take for example, this weekend, the game against Marine. That is the chance to be given all of the players that haven't had game time. You know, this weekend, you do not want to see the likes of Hunmin Son, Harry Kane, Pierre-Emil Hoybier turning up in Liverpool to play Marine. You know, you want to be playing all of the players that need game time, you know, need the confidence, need the goals, need the assists, etc. You know, give them the game time. And But Jose Mourinho, you've got to have full confidence in our manager because he's, he's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, won all the trophies. Um, you know, hoping he's going to do that at, at our club this season and, and for the future. And, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing, Lee. So I know that we're going to have games coming thick and fast, but he's got many, many teams over that line. It's about doing it at Spurs now. And I'm sure yeah, he I agree. No, I, I do. I do agree with that. And I think he will as well. I just wanted to throw it out there as well to see, do we go into the transfer market in January? Like it's open now. It's a silly season. It's, you know, the, it's, just, it's a season that Jamie and, and, and Ricky, our very own Ricky, love so much, you know, in terms of transfers. But, you know, do we go out? I mean, you know, 
we're guaranteed to play 53 games. So, so even even 53 games is a, is a lot of games anyway, isn't it? Right? E- even if we don't go any further than any other cup competitions, we're playing 53. You know, so so we've got to play another 25 games on, on top of already playing 28. Do we need to bolster the squad in any way? And what, what, what's your thoughts on that, Chris, for example, the, Jamie? Or The only the only thing that I would say is the likes of Deli Alley and Harry Winks. You know, if I was one of them, I'd be thinking about the Euros are in the summer. Um, I'd be thinking about my my England place. You know, you'd, you'd want to be playing for your country in the Euros. Um, if they're not going to get the game time or feel confident that they're not going to get the game time, they're going to either want a loan move away or they're going to want a permanent move. I think if we sold one or two players, Jose Mourinho would then have the money. I don't think that there's much money there at the moment to go out and buy players. Um, you know, Sabitzer, you know, lots of players are being banded about. Christian Eriksen, lots of uh, rumours about him coming back to the Premier League. Would you take him back, you know, even if it was a loan? Um, you know, I, I feel that Tottenham are not going to do a lot in the transfer window. Jose Mourinho said that himself. You know, it'd be a surprise if we did get any other players in. But the squad that we've got at the moment, you know, if we kept the players like Deli Ali and Harry Winks and used them in cup competitions and, and, you know, kept them happy until the end of the season, you know, if these sorts of players are picking up uh, Carabao Cup medals and, um, you know, Europa League medals, you know, they're going to be very, very happy. Um, it's just all about giving all of the players in the squad you know, a decent amount of game time. You know, Carlos Vinicius is another one. He's come in. We've cried out for a striker for many, many years. We brought a striker in. He hasn't been given that much game time. So I'm hoping again, uh, and I'll go back to the point about, you know, Marine, you'd, you'd hope that Carlos Vinicius plays at the weekend and bangs in four or five goals. You know, it'd be a huge confidence boost for him. And, uh, you know, then playing perhaps, you know, future Premier League games and Europa League games, giving him a few more minutes at the end of matches, perhaps bringing Harry Kane off at, 55, 60 minutes and giving Carlos Vinicius a good half an hour. Um, but it is all about putting games to bed so Jose Mourinho can do that. And it's all about getting that second and third goal, which, you know, up to this point in the season, you know, we've struggled doing. So it's getting to that point, uh, you know, where you can rotate the players a bit more. Excellent points. Just to finish up in this section and... Um... Musa Sissoko, man of the match this evening and was given his award. And I'll throw this open to all of you boys, but I'll start with you, uh, Jamie. And uh, in the background, stadium was playing. Spurs are on their way to Wembley. And he was asked, uh, do you know this song? And with a real Gallic shrug of the shoulders, didn't have a clue, did he? Not, not a clue. And I actually, I quite like that, to be honest. It was, it was really quite a funny moment. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd certainly think that um, they'd know their way to Wembley by now, all the games that he had to play there. So um, maybe not maybe not in terms of cup finals, but um, <laughs> I think they, he'll know his way to Wembley just fine. Maybe he just doesn't know the song. <laughs> Lee, coming to you, cup, cup final song, do you think? Who, who could do our cup final song? <laughs> well, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to be, um, you know, the, the amazing guys of Chaz and Dave uh, of, no, of old, but uh, of course, and, you know, exactly, sadly not. But, um, you know, it is a, it is a, a fantastic song um, and uh, it always gets rolled out when we uh, when we get to Wembley um, in a cup final. Um, and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying the fact that I'm going to be singing that at the top of my lungs when, uh, when hopefully, when the stadium allows uh, fans back into the stadium, sorry, um, and we can we can finally get back and cheer our team on because Spurs are on their way to Wembley, hundred percent. And you know what I mean? Tottenham's going to do it again. <laughs> you in one, baby. 
Yeah, you crazy Charlie's back. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I'm, I'm just it's, we're in a cup final. This is the way it should be. Just the fixtures and the playing these games and and you know this is what it is about. This is it right now. If you can't enjoy this, what can you enjoy? Do you see what I mean? This is this is fantastic. Cup final again. Put it to bed. Next stop, Marine. Let's go turn them over, like like Chris Callan said. Get some people, uh, get some game time in, in some some of their legs. We're gonna need the Viniciuses and the Deli Alleys and the uh, um, you know the fringe players, if I can call them that. You know, I, I think that alienating some of these players, like Deli Alley, let's be honest, he's he's alienated Deli Alley. You know, maybe wants him out, and and, that, and that's the case. But he's gonna need him, and you know, he, he would have been a perfect example to bring on tonight as well, wouldn't he? Clearly, but and he could have brought him on. So it was five subs, right? He could have brought him on, but he didn't. No, no, yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, Chris, just to finish up on that, I'm sure that um, you're, you're of the belief that we'll make so many cup finals now. Even Musa Sissoko will become sick of that song. Not only know it, become sick of it. Absolutely. Let's hope that we do release a, a cup final song and Musa Sissoko's there singing the line, of course, like Ozzy Ardiles did. Um, but I want to go back to Lee's point about the uh, the, the cup finals and, and Tottenham's um, you know cup finals ending um, you know the year in one. Um, we have played in six cup finals when the year has ended in one, and we have won every single time. 1901 against Sheffield United in the FA Cup, 1921 against Wolves in the FA Cup, 61 against Leicester in the FA Cup, 71 against Aston Villa in the League Cup, 81 against Manchester City in the FA Cup, and 91 against Forest in the FA Cup. So this 2021 is going to be the seventh year that Tottenham lift a trophy. And I'll tell you what, the confidence that, that that stat gives us, because if we get into the Europa League final, of course, we're going to then feel confident about winning that one as well. The FA Cup final, the League Cup final. And uh, of course, you never know what's going to happen with the Premier League as well. So, Lee, I, I agree with what your friend said. You know, the quad is still on. The quad's on, baby. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, great stuff, brilliant. Now, listen, we take a break, which we are going to do, and then bring you a preview of our upcoming game against Marine. And I can hear you all at home saying, they've not got somebody from Marine to be able to give us a preview. Oh, no, 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 mon ami. Oh, au contraire, mon ami. We certainly have. So, listen... Stick around. We've got a great preview for uh, for you from none other than ex-Marine goalkeeper, Terry McCormick, top man who stepped in, giving us a nice preview. So have a listen to that. And then we'll be back straight after to give you our thoughts on the game upcoming uh, this Sunday, the magic of the FA Cup. Oh, it's cups, cups, cups galore. Don't go anywhere. OK, Eric, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we're on our way to Wembley. Feels good, right? Yeah, it feels fantastic. Um, it's great to great to be in in a final, the first uh, the first opportunity to be in one, and we and we took it. So um, it's a great feeling to be, you know, back in the in in the final of the cup. We, I was there, you know, there's a team that for my first season here. So to be back there is is fantastic, and an opportunity at Wembley is always great. Apart from that, I mean, the one scare with the offside goal, yeah. um, we're pretty much in control, weren't we? I thought. Yeah, it felt very good. Um, I think uh, to be to be in that kind of control takes a lot of uh, effort on the pitch and the right the right mentality to be on the front foot and be aggressive and you know I think we played a very a very aggressive line and we're very dynamic in our pressing so 
to, to, to look comfortable, you have to really put the work in, and I think we did that today. Well, Moose is doing interviews about 10 yards to your left. What I mean, what a, what a header, what a, what a start yeah. he gave us. Huh? Yeah, fantastic goal, um, fantastic header, and, um, and then, yeah, that gave us the platform, and, you know, with, with, uh, with recent results from that position, we, we really made sure that we stayed on it and stayed on the front foot and kept creating chances, and... Um, you know, we got the second goal in the, in, uh, in the second half, and and that made things easier. And and then we, we 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 continued in the same way, even even when they had ten men, we continued to press and play well, and so it was good. So you've been at the club six and a half years, two cup finals, but we haven't been in a domestic cup final since 2015. So how, how much does it mean to go to go back to one now? Yeah, it means it means so much. As I said, you know, we said our objective is to win every game, be competitive in every competition, and. Um, and, and we've done that at our first opportunity. You know, it's the first time, it's the first uh, opportunity to get to a final, and we've done it. But uh, it's just the beginning. A lot, a lot more work to do, and uh, it's a long way away. We've got a lot of, a well, lot of games to. And it's a lot nice of to have it in the back pocket. As the manager said that before the game, you know, if if we do manage to get through, it's just there, tucked in the back pocket for April, isn't it? Yeah, it's there. Um, we're, it's something you know. We're going to look forward to, but I don't think it will be on our minds for no, for quite a while because not. of because of the schedule and what's what's ahead of us before that. But uh, you know, we got the job done today against a, a very very good side, very well organised, a lot of very good players. They play in a very very good way, um, so uh, it's a credit to them, and and it's not surprising they got this far. My feeling is yeah, very happy, and first of all to to win that game uh, because we knew it's going to be a. A tough game against a, a good side, and uh, yeah, secondly happy because I, I scored. I think my last goal was uh, against uh, Burn, Burnley. I wasn't going to bring it up. So long time ago, and uh, yeah, very happy and very pleased with the, with that goal. And yeah, now you are going to the final, and you could see everyone was was happy, and yeah. And we could see you ghosting into the ghosting into the area there and once you connected with that cross brilliant cross it was only going in one place Musa, wasn't it uh, yeah uh, i think today uh, compared to the other game i was playing a little bit higher when we had the ball and uh, when i'm playing in that position i know i can uh, i can go in the box and i saw sergio on the side and there was some some space in the box because Ed was was dropping and so i went and it was an amazing delivery from from region and yeah i hate it very very well and I scored, so very happy and pleased with, uh, with my goal. Well, I know your teammates have always uh, sort of teased you about your goal scoring, but if you're going to save them for semi-finals, Musa, we'll let you off, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think when I'm going to I'm gonna go in in changing room, they, they're all going to yeah, gonna say something about my goal. But, uh, yeah, they are, no, they, they, they are all very happy for, for me, uh, especially when I, when I score, because they are always playing with, with that, with me. But he's a good fan, so again, the most important thing was to to win and to have a good game. And I think we we did it in very in uh, every uh, aspect of, of the game, and uh, we deserve to be in the final. So now, uh, yeah, we go to the final and let's uh, let's go and try to to win it. When the final comes around, it's going to be at the end of April. You will have almost been at the club five years by then. I mean, that it's going to mean a lot to you personally as well as. All of these teammates, like Eric over there, all these teammates of yours that have been here a long time now, just get into a final, like the Champions League final. It just means a lot to everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Like you said, ah, now it's been many years I'm at the club, and uh, many years we are 
you are playing and fighting to trying to to win something and every time we are we are close he's just missing small details and we know football uh, small details can uh, can change everything and uh, yeah so i hope this year is going to be the good one for for me for everyone who's been at the club since uh, since long time ago and even for the new player who just came in i think we we all the deserve it and uh, there is still plenty of game to to play in league in the europa league and even in the other cup so there is still a lot of thing to to do all together and uh, yeah let's enjoy this season all together let's uh, try to to win uh, the maximum of game and why not bring a, a lot of a lot of uh, title so we believe we believe our, in our quality in our squad so yeah let's go and fight all together and that's a beautiful place to leave it. Musa, thank you very much. Well done. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Congratulations. You've got Spurs fans all around the world watching this interview and you've made them very happy tonight. Yeah, we work for them. Uh, in the end of the day, we work for ourselves, for our pride, for our own job. But in the end, we work for them. Uh, so I'm really happy because we managed to, to give them that happiness. But um, finals without uh, trophies are sad days. And finals with trophies are amazing, eternal days in our, in our memory. So that's why I'm not jumping around. <laughs> because to jump around, we need to win that, that match in April. Tell us about the performance tonight. I mean, we, apart from the, their goal, we in, looked in yeah, complete yeah, control. Yeah. It was not brilliant when we had the ball. We have to do better. But we were uh, very solid. Uh, defensively, we were very compact. Um, the offside goal comes from a through-in. And as I always say, when the ball is in the air, you cannot press. <laughs> there is no pressing when the ball is in the air. Big guys, three giants, uh, difficult second ball. Uh, we were lucky that was an offside. Apart of that, uh, we were in, in, in good control. They had one penetration uh, in the box. Uh, where Davison Sanchez was was very clever for not to touch uh, the opponent, and the opponent was fair, because some other guys in some other clubs they would they would get that penalty. Uh, part of that we were always in in control, didn't playing very well. I think with the ball we have to to have more quality. The first touch, uh, the decision. And sometimes we play backwards when we have open lines to play in front and into the pockets. We have to do better. But semi-finals are to win, are not to to play beautifully, and we want it. When Sonny goes through, there's there's only one way that where plays that ball's ending yeah, up. Yeah, he had an amazing cross from Musa where he hits it on the volley. 2-0 at that time, game over. Um, he didn't, but then when he was... Uh, facing the keeper, it was it was cool to kill it. You mentioned before tonight that if we were, you know, if we did well and we got through, it's a lovely thing to have in the pocket until yeah. April, and it is. You know, isn't it? I would prefer to play tomorrow, but uh, it's understandable. I support totally the decision. A final at Wembley is always a final, can be empty, like it was, I believe, the FA Cup last last season. Um, but um, if we can have some. Some supporters at Wembley would be magnificent, so I understand perfectly. I'd support totally that um, 25th of April, I think. 
last question. And there's obviously, because the fans would have watched the television, there's a bit of concern over Pierre because that looked n not great down his leg. Is he is he okay? I think he is. Uh, I think he is. I just saw the the blood, but at the same time, he didn't want me to to play Jeffert. He wants to to carry. So I I, I believe that probably just a little cut for him, isn't it? That the big boy is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done tonight. Thank you. Okay, so Marine FC. Um, I think what most people in the local area would describe Marine as is uh, a really good old-school non-league football club, well-run, um, and were actually established over 100 years ago. Um, during that time, being pretty successful and competing mainly at uh, a Northern Premier League level, uh, or, or what is known as the Evo stick now. Um, probably over the last six or seven years, have struggled a little bit more than, than previously, um, but um, they do have a, a good person in charge in Paul Leary as chairman and He's managed to offer a bit of stability uh, financially over these, you know, difficult times, and and hopefully this will see the start of them rising back up um, the leagues again. Now, I think when you look at Marine, it's, it's important to to look at the the history of it. Now, a, a big thing, a big part of that was uh, a previous manager, Roly Howard. Roly was a great fella, um, and actually holds the Guinness World Record for the longest serving manager in world football uh, of thirty three years. Um, just under 2,000 games. Now, in that time, it was probably Marine's most successful successful period, 93-94, and in the following year, 94-95, we'd seen them win the Northern Premier League. Now, uh, it's documented over the last you know couple of couple of weeks that Marine have a three-sided ground, and I think that's what held them back from uh, promotion back in the 90s. But what Spurs can expect when they, they you know they arrive at Rosser Park is um, yeah, it's a three-sided ground, but the facilities are good. It's a decent non-league club. Uh, the pitch will be nice. Obviously, they won't have had many games on it with, with what's going on, but good playing service. Stand holds about 500 people for sit, you know, in the seats, and then other than that, you've probably got about 3,000 who will sort of stand around the, the, the other two sides of the ground uh, with the the side of the ground that backs on or with the um, the dugouts and the managers and Mourinho and, and things will stand backs on to, um, to some gardens, some back gardens of the local houses. So I'm sure that the fans will have a good time and shouting some uh, some banter to, to Jose. Now, I think when you look at the ground, as I mentioned, it's a decent non-league ground, but what does stand out is the size of the changing facilities. Um, I think Spurs will get a bit of a shock when they... When they uh, when they rock up at uh, Rosser Park, there's not a lot of room, and obviously with the back room staff, the subs, um, I don't know how they're going to fit everybody in. They'll get changed on the coach, but um, it'll be a, an eye opener for them. Marine, obviously, the golfing levels is 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 clear for everybody. But what you will get for Marine is a well drilled, fit young side. Uh, the manager's Neil Young, uh, good manager, good background, um, but he's back with uh, Alan Morgan and, and Gary Jones, two lads who've got um, a history with Tramier Rovers. Now, uh, Morgs, Alan Morgan, is uh, one of the youth team coaches at Tramier, and what you find when uh, with Morgs when he's at a club, he tends to bring a lot of the the younger pros once they've been released. Um, you know, maybe didn't quite get that uh, that next contract. He tends to take them with him, so you'll see a, a strong Tramier. Uh, contingent in the uh, marine, the marine side, the marine squad. I mean, you've got some good players. I think if you look at the two centre halves, uh, you've got Anthony Miley, really good centre half, big, strong, physical, but also a nice ball player. Gets the ball down and would like to play out from the back. And next to him, you've got David Raven, um, 
probably at, at the end of his career. Probably didn't expect this game to come around, but uh, ex-Liverpool player, played in the Premier League uh, and actually played in the League Cup quarter-finals when Liverpool beat Spurs in '94. Uh, I believe he was man of the match in that game. So, you know, the strong at the back. Uh, going forward, you've got uh, two two decent players in Ryan Wignall and Mo Torre. Very similar, quick, strong, uh, good feet. Like to get at players and and in Wiggy and Ryan Wignall, you've got he's got uh, an aggressive streak, so he'll he like to get in people's faces, very direct. And and they both uh, they got an eye for goal, so uh, you know Marine will give it a good go. But I think the you know they'll compete. But I think that the overriding thing from this game is the. The legacy it'll leave, you know, it's old school FA Cup and, and the money this will bring in for a club like Marine are massive. Um, I think the record attendance for Marine previously was 6,000 and randomly in a game in in, in 1949 against Nigeria. Um, and although there'll be no, no fans in the stadium this time round, what Marine are doing, an initiative that they're running at the moment, is a virtual tickets. So I think... Uh, as of yesterday, they'd sold about five thousand virtual tickets, uh, which is a you know obviously a fantastic opportunity to raise funds. Um, that alongside the sponsorship deals and the TV rights and, and what have you stands, you know, Marine will make you know well over a hundred grand from this game. Um, I think another thing there, Jamie Carragher has, has sort of stepped in at short notice over the. Uh, the last last week, when a, a big sponsor pulled out of a twenty thousand pound deal, now Jamie's um, charity uh, JC Twenty Three have stepped in and, and sponsored the the match balls and and the warm up kits and and things like that. So you know that will that will help Marine and and hopefully that you know the financial um, backing this will give them is is it can make them for you know the next ten years and hopefully with you know with a bit of luck. Um, you see Marine on the up, but I think everyone at Marine will just be happy to, you know, you've got the Premier League tie, team coming into into the local area. You've got Jose Marino, who's, who's you know a fantastic manager. Harry Kane, England's number nine. It's it's just going to be a fantastic experience for all the lads involved. And um, you know, I hope uh, Marine give it a good account of themselves. I hope it stays as competitive as it can as long as it can. And who knows, you know, FA Cup. Chance of an upset, maybe. It's fingers crossed. And we're back. And once again, a huge, huge thank you to uh, Terry McCormick for that uh, preview there. Uh, top man is our Terry, goalkeeper at uh, Tranmere, uh, in the Welsh Leagues, and uh, at Marine as well. Proper diet in the wall scouts, lad. Really, really good bloke. So thank you, Terry, for that. So, chaps. Sunday, the mighty Marine. We're off up to the uh, to the northwest to Crosby. Um, wow! Now the magic of the cup. Uh, let's hope it's the magic of the cup for Spurs because that is potentially. It, well, Jamie, I'll start with you. Should the unthinkable happen, that is undoubtedly the biggest ever banana skin in the FA Cup. It's not going to happen. But if it does, oh, man, take cover, take cover. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that this is kind of the biggest gap in terms of league positions between two sides in the third round of the, the competition. So it really is like a massive fixture and kind of that gap that's really there. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be a good opportunity for some players to get minutes. Um, I mean, for me, look, Jaffa Tanganga is a name that I'd certainly throw out there as a guy who could go and get minutes. 
Uh, Jack Clark, I think he's a guy that definitely needs minutes as well. Of course, he really impressed Jose Mourinho uh, during pre-season. So there's an opportunity for him to go and play. So, you know, th there is opportunities for players to go and get minutes. And uh, maybe that'll be an important thing. And, uh, you know, we saw something crazy tonight. Tongi and Dombele getting 90 minutes. And maybe you might even see Jensen Fernandes actually get on the pitch. So, uh, yeah, that might be something crazy that might happen. Lee, it's a bit of a shame it's not Leeds that's actually drawn them because... Uh... Our friend Bielsa could be handed copious cups of coffee over the garden fences to the dugout, couldn't he? Because we all know how much he, he loves a cup of coffee. That that swashbuckling, brilliant lead side, apparently. I'm still not over that, actually, to be fair. That they were so good the other <laughs> night. I mean, honestly, I couldn't believe what I was watching. They were they were fantastic. Look, I mean, I think it is absolutely the essence, the absolute essence of the FA Cup. And I know that. Um, you know, I'm a little bit older than a, than a lot of our listeners as well. And, you know, I, I remember it was FA Cup Day, FA Cup final day, 1987 against Coventry City was when I become a Tottenham fan. Um, you know, I was 10 years old um, and, uh, and and I watched the, the game. And I, and I remember just when 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 we lost three two, I remember crying. It was an emotion again, crying again. Like Spurs, this is what it does to by the way. Um, and but from that point forward, I was a Tottenham fan. So it's always held you know, FA Cup final day in your house. Um, you know, growing up as a child, that was that was magic. That is how it was. And you know, when you used to play football down the park with your mates or at school, you put two uh, jumpers down or whatever and stop. You'd play FA Cup, wouldn't you? That's that's what you play. You go right. Should we play FA Cup? And bang, off you go. You play FA Cup. It's just what it was. So it is massively special, and and, and it is a. Uh, huge romance with uh, with uh, um, with Marine being in there and us going up to them and you know I'm sure they would love to come to the stadium and the fans being for a payday and fa fantastic that a lot of the Spurs fans uh, got involved with buying the match day program um, and yes. buying uh, kind of virtual tickets and that sort of stuff for, to help out Marine and, and I think it's the, the right thing to do so there's a lot of romance about it but look Marine are in good form I'm not going to lie we might see a low block here from Jose because you know we, we've we've got Marine their, their last uh, what six or seven games? I think they've only lost. Just checking on my on my stats now. Lee, are you telling lost. me that Marine's a tough place to go? Is that always? I'm 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 throwing it out of I'm throwing out of Jamie. It could be a tough place to go. Not, you know these bobbly just, pitches. These bobbly pitches. Just don't tell Jason. Just don't tell him. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, they've lost once in their last seven games that they've played, and they've scored a few goals in in that time as well. So you know, I, I think that it'd be a brilliant day for them. But there's absolutely no doubt that that we need to be ruthless, you know. I don't want to be Mr. Nice Tottenham. I don't I don't want to sound like... I know Jose's really in my head now. Like, I'll be honest with you, he is. Fat listeners, he's getting to my head. But I don't want to be Mr. You know, nice, nice Tottenham and win 2-0. If we're going to go out there and win, I want to go and win like 9-0, 8-0. You know, go and really score some goals. Get some confidence in the team that we can go out because we've got a real tough game. Um, against Aston Villa the week after as well. And I want to be going in there. That Maccabi Haifa uh, result 7-2. Uh, the, the, the Manchester United result 6-1. The, the Southampton result 5-2. That's the level that I want to see us playing at against Marine. So, you know, I, I, want, I want to see us go and put in a, a real ruthless shift, a real ruthless performance and go and score some goals crackers, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Terry, in his preview, said that the uh, the actual stadium for, for non-league is actually pretty decent and it's a decent surface as well. So if we see it 
all cut up on Sunday to be a real plough field. We know that they're, they're trying to do a number on us. <laughs> They've got but, a tractor uh, out. They've got the tractors <laughs> out there chewing up the pitch. <laughs> but Chris, can, can you can you prescribe to a little bit of romance of maybe Marine going one nil up or something before we end up turning turning them over and just like that fairy tale of for the sake of the cup? Can you imagine it? No. Absolutely not. And I'm surprised you've even suggested it. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm, I'm with Lee on this one. Um, my score prediction is going to be 8 0 Spurs. Um, I'm going to go wow. for I'm going to go for a big win because I think that even if Tottenham and Jose Mourinho put out our under 23 team, we should have more than enough in our squad and capabilities of our players of winning this game very, very comfortably. Um, yes, these places, and I know Jamie's going to cringe now. These places are difficult places to go for Premier League clubs um, because <laughs> I, I remember a couple of years ago when we when we went to the likes of Newport County, you know, it was, it, it was a very difficult place to go. Rochdale, for example, as well. Um, you know, no Premier League players want to go and play on some of these ropey pitches. Um, you know, it is difficult, but I'm expecting a big win. You know, Tottenham are going to take it seriously. No matter what team Jose Mourinho puts out, we should have more than enough in our locker to score goals, you know, to get a number of assists. But I love the FA Cup. You know, I'm, a, I'm an old fashioned mm. when it comes to the FA Cup. And I think that um, Tottenham should take this cup seriously. And I know that our manager, Jose Mourinho, will. And when you think back, 1991, Nottingham Forest in the final, Des Walker scoring their own goal in the final. That is 30 years ago. 30 yeah. years ago since we last won the that FA is, Cup. That, it, is, that is mad. And if it you, is unbelievable. You think about that as well, Chris, that you know, we've got actually a very strong record in the FA Cup. Yeah. You know, we've, we've won it eight times as a football club. And, uh, you know, to, to not have won it for 30 years is, is, well, it's criminal, to be fair, isn't it? It is criminal. Well, in, in 91, we won it for then a record eighth time. And since then, a, a good few teams have passed. But... You know, even I spoke to Gary Mabbott a few weeks ago and I said, can, can you believe that it has been 30 years ago, you know, since we last won the FA Cup? He said he can't believe it. You know, the, the players that uh, the club... He lifted had the it. He was the one that lifted it, right? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's incredible. But I'm hoping again, you know, like this competition with the Carabao Cup, we've taken this seriously. I know we haven't had to play that many games, you know, to reach the final, but I'm hoping that we take this game seriously. It starts with a Marine. You know, it's a fantastic draw for them. Of course, the game is live on BBC uh, One as well. You know, so they're going to get a lot of uh, coverage and exposure. You know, lots of money through uh, fans buying the, uh, the programmes and the scarves. So well done Tottenham fans for doing that. Um, but it should be a great tie. But I'm I'm expecting a big Tottenham Hotspur win. Excellent point. So um, uh, so Chris has gone eight nil. Jamie, can you give us a score for this on Sunday? What what are you saying? I'm going to go one nil Spurs. I'm going to go Harry Kane to score in the first minute, and I'm going to see that Tottenham are going to put every man behind the ball, and we're going to play a low block against Marine, and we're going to absolutely <laughs> our way to one nil win. <laughs> Are you oh, serious? Brilliant. Leave Are you serious? for you. No, no, no. So, obviously, I was joking. Obviously, that was a joke. Obviously, that was a joke. <laughs> what are you going for then, Jamie? Blimey. No, I'll go, I'll go for a two now. I still think you've got to say we've had more than enough quality, whatever team we've put out. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for two nil to Spurs. I think that's a bit more sensible. I don't think it'll be an emphatic win. I'm going emphatic. I'm going, I'm going along the lines of Chris. I'm going to go with six. Um, I'm going six nil. 
to, to be fair. In fact, look, I'll go with a romance thing, Crackers, for, for, for you as well as the FA Cup. I'm going to go 6-1. I think that they will score, um, you know, but it'll be insignificant. I think, we're, I think we need to be ruthless. And I think that that streak in us, th- this for me is a game to see where, how far we've come. And, and Chris, you're, you're absolutely right. And for, for those listeners that don't know Chris Cowan, he goes home and away every single match. This guy, he will travel anywhere, like, you know, to the darkest depths of like, you know, wherever it is in a cold, wet night in bloody Newport and all that. So he, he was there in the stands. He was going. So, you know, the, the point being is that when we did struggle at Newport and then we uh, we had to get a replay, didn't we? Or, or and, we, and, then, and then Rochdale had to get a replay. And then... Um, was it Lorente scored a hat trick, didn't he? Back at uh, I remember I was at the, I was at the replay um, uh, at Wembley, and it was snowing, wasn't it? That that, that night, if I remember rightly, and Lorente got the hat trick, but and we beat them six one. Watchdale, but but the point being is that they are tough places to go. Sometimes yeah. I think the key thing here is that there's no fans in the stadium. You know that that place would be rocking, wouldn't it? Imagine how play, that place would be rocking, and unfortunately for them, it's not going to be, which is why it's going to be a barrage. Six, yeah, I'm going six one Tottenham. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking I've had five one in my head, but I, I do, I want us to win it five one. But just the old romantic in me and taking my Spurs hat off, I would really, really love to see Marine just go one nil up, even if it's only for five minutes, just for the romance of it, just to see all the Arsenal boys on social media with all their tweets, only for it to come back and bite <laughs> them horrendously re- on the backside. <laughs> do you remember? Do you, do you remember? It wasn't a Tottenham game, actually. It was an England game, but we travelled over to Andorra to watch Andorra, England. Um, and Gerard, it was Gerard was still playing, Lampard was still playing. I think it, nil, nil, it was half time and it was nil nil at half time. And we were getting absolute pelters. And we, I was in the ground and it was, uh, it, you know, Andorra had it rocking and all this sort of stuff. We ended up winning the game. I think it was, I can't even remember, I think it was one nil maybe. We scraped through basically based on what Jamie was saying, uh, you know, for, for this thing. So, you know, there, there is difficult games that, that you can have, but I think that. The fact that there's an atmosphere and the fact that the, the football's changed now with no fans in there, I think it, it should be um, it should be a relatively straightforward. Uh, none of this charity stuff, Tottenham, right? At, at the end of the day, like giving them a one-one so they can bring them back to our place as a replay. I've just said, sat here and said that we've got sixty-six games to play. You know, imagine if we get a replay in every bloody FA Cup round that we go through. Bloody hell, we could be doing seventy-plus games. We don't be needing that. Wow. Do you know, wow. Th- th- I was going to say, there's no doubt about it. There will still be a number of Marine fans there on Sunday because you've got all of the back gardens. I don't know where... Oh, yeah, there is actually. Yeah, yeah. We were going to go. Got, we were going to go, weren't we? You've got all yeah. the back gardens. It, they, they will be absolutely packed. And, of course, uh, people will be hanging in trees and hanging from the rooftop. And, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people watching the game. So it's very, very close to the pitch as well. So any Tottenham player going out for, you know, getting the, the ball to take a throw in, they will have fans very, very close to them. Yeah, it's a good point. Can you imagine, point. Can you imagine <laughs> Harry Kane asking Mrs. Smith at number 32 if he can have the ball back, please, so the game can carry on? <laughs> can I have that ball Brilliant. back, please, Mrs. Smith? <laughs> uh, Mrs. Smith is keeping it, by the way, because uh, she's time-wasting because Marina won it up. Do you know what I mean? She's t- <laughs> it's, five, it's five minutes gone. Marina won it up. Mrs. Smith's nicked the ball. <laughs> Mrs. Davis down at number 28. Jose, do you want a cup of tea up over the fence? Oh, it'd just be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, super stuff. 
listen, uh, thank you so, so much for downloading once again and listening in. Spurs back to their spiritual home of Wembley. Some great VAR debate as well this evening. A little bit of everything for you. Even a marine preview. We've got it all. We've got it all covered. Jamie, thank you so much. Brilliant as ever. No, my pleasure. And of course, they're really, really looking forward to that final now. Um, a massive occasion. We just wanted to get there and have that occasion. Um, you know, it has been, unfortunately, it has been rare at Spurs, but um, hopefully under Joseph, can be the first of many. Excellent. Lee, with Marine right on the coast, surely it's the crazy submarine, isn't it? Up to uh, up to Crosby. Oh, see what you did there. Absolutely love it. You know, I just want to say, well done, lads. Fantastic performance to get through uh, so far this season. 28 games played. Um, fourth in the Premier League with, with a game in hand, uh, you know, scoring goals, you know, fantastic defence that we've had so far in a Carabao Cup final already, um, you know, so lots of things to look forward to. So really, really good. So well done all, all uh, for, for Spurs. And also, I just want to just generally off the cuff, really, just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, you know, without your questions, without listening, without downloading this all the time, we wouldn't be here. Um, you know, I know some some of the stuff that we do is, you know, is, is brilliant analysis. Obviously, we're biased, but some of the stuff we have some fun and all that. And, uh, you know, the whole crazy train jumping on it, the amount of tweets that I get on the whole crazy is just superb. So thank you so much. It's jumped on. It's a bit of fun in, in, in what's been a tough year in 2020. Um, and, and, and now, obviously, with us being in national lockdown again, everybody's kind of looking for, uh, for, for a bit of, you know, something different and a bit of fun and yeah. you know that that's what we bring to, to the show as well so thank you everybody for for downloading and bearing with us and look i've loved the crazy train and i'm still on it and we're all still on it but i cannot wait cannot wait till it turns into the party bus chris cowling <laughs> chris there you was in your field of wheat and the voice kept saying if you build it they will come if they build it they will come your fields of dream it's coming it's coming it's coming, it's coming. Let's hope that 2021 is a superb year for us. And of course, we are only a few points off league leaders Liverpool at the Premier League. You know, we're doing very well in the Europa League. Uh, FA Cup campaign is just about to start. And of course, we are now in a Carabao Cup final. You know, 2021 so far, we've played two, we've won two, two clean sheets. You know, long may it continue and long may Tottenham keep winning. And uh, let's hope that, you know, we do see that party bus at the end of this season. Excellent. Listen, ladies and gents, thank you once again, wherever you are in the world, because I know that you're listening everywhere. Keep safe, keep well during these crazy times, okay? And uh, keep talking to friends. Just look after yourselves, okay? We're back on Sunday after Marine. Spurs are off to Wembley. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Aussies go to Wembley, his knees have gone all trembly Come on you Spurs, come on you Spurs Aussies go to Wembley, his knees have gone all trembly Come on you Spurs, come on you Spurs
Podcast Network.